by the Living Light Center at Church of Faith and Healing. For anyone interested, Jim and I do personal readings, and if you'd like to have a personal reading, you can call 304-567-3354 or email sandysangeltalk at aol.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-S-A-N-G-E-L-T-A-L-K at aol.com. Welcome, everyone, to Angel Talk, and today... Our show is going to be about ancient wisdom returned and restored. Should be a very interesting subject. And can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why we use the word restored is because it's a circle. Everything in life seems to be a cycle. And how it started is how it will end. And how it ends is how it starts. There really is no ending. What ends is the beginning. So the alpha and the omega, the omega is the alpha. It's, it's unique, but if you take the time to ponder it, you'll, you'll get the understanding of it. It's amazing. It just, you know, God's creation is, is, doesn't have a, a stoppage point. I mean, it literally, perpetually will continue forever and ever. And we'll start off, I'll share a message from Yeshua who became the Christ and through the Divine Holy Trinity. We have entered into a time when consciousness is being accelerated even faster than before. We are having to embrace expanded awareness from automation to ESP to our connection with one another. The distance between us consciously is growing smaller and our hidden thoughts and actions are being exposed. We are growing into a oneness or an all-consciousness where there is no secrets and we are accountable for all our actions and thoughts. If we're going to move into higher consciousness, we have to be responsible for what we do and think. We must let go of fear, anger, jealousy, greed, and envy and realize If we function under the laws of God, all of our needs will be met. In this polarity planet, it is a place for testing and growth. It is about awakening our spiritual self and remembering where we are from and why we are here. Jesus came and gave us a way back to spirit. We just have to believe, have faith, and follow his teachings. If we choose not to stay in the spirit path of the light, we will have to face situations that may not be so pleasant so to learn that we have diverted from our true path. With the accelerated frequencies on the planet, it will cause the earth itself to adjust and shift, creating bigger earthquakes, more volcanic activity, and greater swings in temperature and in storms be it rain, snow, hail, or wind. These will result in many casualties and losses of belongings and possibly lives. It is also greatly affecting the poles of the earth. 
we are growing into a new level of consciousness, and change has to happen. You may find certain things you enjoyed before may not even interest you anymore. You may feel at times like you can't sleep. When the frequencies raise, your heart and mind is affected and are more active, creating a problem for relaxation and sleep. When the body adjusts to the higher frequencies, sleeping will improve. You may feel mood swings because of a higher frequency. It requires more energy, and it can deplete your normal energy level. Allow yourself to rest when needed. Your heart and nervous system will be the most affected. But the more you can attune to the love of God, pray, meditate, give blessings, it will raise your consciousness to a better place. You will feel more relaxed. Higher consciousness is also about being aware of what you eat and what you say and your willingness to help others. No, we are all God's children. And if you accept him, he will be there for you. Thank you and blessings to you. Amen. Well, let's move on to our subject here. The ancient wisdom returned and restored. No matter what you may be going through in your life, trust that God is bigger than any problem you have. If you believe in him and do things God's way, all of his blessings will be given to you. The Bible says in one place, do what the Lord wants and he will give you your heart's desire. If it is financial issues you're dealing with, then to receive financial blessings, God says, to give and you will receive. When you give to others, you're giving back to God's children. You become one with the will of the Father. God said, my child, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. God does not lie. What he says, he will do, and he does. What he promises, he makes come true. This is Numbers 23:19. a quote. Remember, we must have faith. Faith is what drives out fear, doubt and unbelief. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews 11.6. If you are tempted, tricked, or controlled by Satan, and he puts doubt into your mind and heart, do one of the things what Jesus did, say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. You see, the scriptures in the Bible are to show people where we have strayed from God in our lives and to teach us how to live right. The scriptures are meant to fill our hearts and mind with faith. Reach out to God and he will reach out to you, for my God shall supply all our needs. Remember the story of Jesus with Simon, Peter, James, and John? They were commercial fishermen working hard day and night to catch enough fish to eat and sell. Things had become hard times. Then Jesus entered into Simon's ship and prayed for him. He asked that he would thrust out a little from the land. 
And then he began teaching from the ship. Jesus said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing, but I will let down the net. When they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. They beckoned to their partners in the other ship to come and help them, and they came and filled both the ships so that they began to almost sink. They were so full. First thing Simon Peter did was to start listening to the doubts and unbelief that Satan put in his heart and mind. He realized they did not come from the Holy Spirit. His excuse was he didn't believe doing as Jesus instructed him to do would work to help him solve his financial problems. The doubts he had could be similar ones that we may face. If our faith and belief are weak, then we can be led down the wrong path without realizing it. To receive the financial help you need, you first have to overcome fear. The fear to do something new and different. The fear to do things 100% God's way. The Lord said, I, the Lord, called you to do right, and I will hold your hand and protect you. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Deuteronomy 28.3.6 By doing what the Word of God instructs you to do, then, just as the Apostle James said, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. James 2.17 The secret to the financial blessings Peter received that day was that when he heard the Lord's instructions on how to do things God's way, he said, I will. So listen with all of your heart to the many scriptures telling you what to do to receive God's best, and let your answer always be, I will. One of the most believed lies of Satan is that if you put God's work first, you are not going to be able to make ends meet. Well, in reality, if you put God's work first, there will always be enough to meet your every need. God will bless you financially. If you give offerings to his work, there will be enough prosperity to pay your bills and meet your needs. And if you believe otherwise, you're going against scripture. Your choice is to do it either the wrong way or God's way. Remember the scriptures that say, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. And also, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. Faith is so important. Some questions that have been asked are, if a person dies, shall they live again? What is death? What comes next? Well, we must each answer it 
with our own self, really, if it's a matter of faith and belief. I believe that when God breathed the breath of life into man, he became a living soul. The spirit of God is life, whether in a blade of grass or in a man. The soul of man is individual and lives on. In the very first part of the Bible, we find that Adam was forbidden to eat certain fruit in the Garden of Eden. And eating the forbidden fruit, he became conscious of his being. God reasoned with Adam that he must leave the garden lest he partake of the tree of life and live forever. Had Satan been correct when he said, ye shall not surely die if you partake of this fruit, what brought physical death to man? His partaking of that which was forbidden? It brought death to the physical body, but not to the soul. To become conscious of our continued existence is to become righteous in ourselves. Then we may become conscious of our continued existence, rather in the, the physical realm, the spiritual realm, or whatever stage of a development through which we may be passing from physical life onto the spiritual life. So as we pass through all the various stages, what are we attempting to gain? Righteousness within. Jesus said that if we had his consciousness within us, we should know what he has said to us from the beginning. What was the beginning with Christ? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So were our souls in the beginning? The Master said, Ye say that ye have Abraham for your teacher. I say unto you that before Abraham was, I am. And he rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then many of those to whom he spoke these words walked no longer with him, but turned away. Why? He was answering that same question which had bothered mankind from the beginning. If I die, will I live again? Well, he said to Nicodemus, Know ye not that a man must be born again? And when Nicodemus answered, How can such things be? Jesus said, Are ye a teacher in Israel and know not these things? Well, what is it to know the continuity of life? It is to be righteous within and to have the consciousness of the Christ within. For God is life. Christ is life and light unto all that seek to know him. Is there any other way? He is not the only way, but he that climbeth up some other way is a thief and robber to his own self. God is the life. Jesus came to represent that life. And the continuity of life is in the immortality of the soul. The soul is an individual thing. My soul is my soul, with the ability to know itself, to be itself, and yet be one with God. That was the message Jesus gave to his disciples all the way through. I of myself can do nothing, but the life that is within and the gift of God working in you will make you conscious of your relationship to the Maker. How do we become conscious of our relationship with God? By living the fruits of the Spirit. Spirit is the life and light which makes us conscious of immortality. 
the continuation of our oneness with God. If God is life, we then must be his to enjoy the consciousness of being one with him. Continuity of life then is being conscious of our oneness with God through the channel that has been set before us by the example that came into the world to show us the way of life. That consciousness exists after physical death, as the Bible clearly points out to us. After Samuel passed on, Saul was still in trouble. He knew that Samuel had rebuked him from the manner of life he lived, yet he was in great distress and sought to know if Samuel would not give him another blessing, even though Samuel had passed from the physical plane of existence. So Saul sought out a channel through which he might speak to Samuel, and he spoke to him. Samuel's consciousness had not changed by having passed over to the other side, for his first words to Saul were along the same lines that he used while still on earth. Why troublest thou me? Dost thou not know God has rejected thee already? See, having passed over did not automatically make Samuel no more than he knew when he was here, not one bit more, for the manner of existence he lived in this plane had developed him just so far. What did Christ say about this? As the tree falls, so shall it lie. When we pass into another plane of existence, our development begins right there in that same plane, just as our birth and this physical plane began our development in this life. I believe it is a gradual growth throughout. What is life? God. The knowledge of God. Then is the growth into life or the continuity of life itself. Another example of continuity is pointed out to us in the parable which Christ gave of the rich man and Lazarus. They had both passed into what we call death, yet both were conscious. In other words, living is being conscious of your existence or conscious of where you are. The rich man lifted his eyes, for he was in torment. Why? The place he occupied was his own building, his own development, and he was tormented in a flame. He had the consciousness that it was fire, for he wanted water to put it out. It was a continued existence for that man who saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. He recognized Abraham, although he had never seen him. He recognized Lazarus, although he may have never paid any attention to him while on earth. Most of us believe the scriptures, or at least we believe the Bible, is to further our knowledge and understanding. And if we we will come to a greater knowledge of life, of God. We will come to a greater concept of how great life is. Now, why are we not conscious of the continuity of life when we are in the physical plane? Why do we not remember when we lived before? I think we do not remember because we have not been righteous enough. Christ said that if we had his consciousness within us, we would bring to our remembrance all things from the very beginning. I believe that God does speak to us if we will only listen. So often we allow the desires of our physical bodies 
to so outweigh our desires for spiritual knowledge that we build barriers between ourselves and God. What prevents us from knowing more about God? Ourselves. Nothing can separate us from the love of God but ourselves. Nothing. It is the will of man that can make him conscious of the knowledge of God and of all life. It is the will of man that can separate him from his God if he enjoys rather the pleasures of the flesh for a season. I choose to believe that each one of us has an individual soul, that there is one spirit, the spirit of God, going through each and every one. And that makes each and every one of us a kid. That makes all life and nature akin. For life in every form is dependent upon that force we call God. For as matter came into being, it was permeated with the spirit of God that gives life. And with its ability to carry itself on and make of itself that which has been determined by God that it should be, man who has chosen to be one with God and a companion with him from the beginning, as Adam chose rather to go his own way. But God has prepared a way through the Christ that we might be more conscious at all periods of our development of the life of God that is within us. Edgar Cayce said, when I am in the so-called unconscious or superconscious state, I remember nothing of the reading but have a very vivid impression of this experience. I knew that my spirit, mind, and soul was separate from my body and that it was seeking information for another person. I passed into outer darkness that was so dark that it actually hurt. And yet, there was a stream of light that I knew that I must follow and allow nothing on either side of that light to distract me from my purpose. And as I passed along, The forms, I became conscious of forms of movement towards the light. Coming to the next plane, I realized that the forms or figures were taking shape as humans, but rather as the exaggeration of human desires. Passing a little farther, these forms were gradually lost, but still I had the consciousness that they were seeking the light or more light. And then finally I passed through a place where individuals appeared much as they are today as men and women, but satisfied with their position. The number of individuals in this state of satisfaction continued to grow, and then there were homes and cities where where they were content to continue as they were. But still following the light, which grew stronger and stronger, I heard music in the beyond. Then came a space where all was springtime, all was a bloom, all was summer. Some were happy. Some desired to remain, but many were pressing on and on to places where there might be great understanding, more light, more to be gained. Then I reached a place where I was seeking the records of the lives of people that lived in the earth. Don't ever think that your life isn't being written in the book of life. I found it. I have seen it. It is being written. and You are the writer. As to how close your life is going to be to your Savior and to your God, you alone can answer. You alone. It is your soul that you are developing. And if we want to reach that consciousness of immortality, 
if we would become aware of our relationship to God, we must live it here and now. And then the next step is given to us. That has been his promise, and his promises are sure. In developing our relationship with God, it doesn't matter what we may claim to believe. What really matters is what difference our beliefs make in our lives. It doesn't matter whether you believe that the whale swallowed Jonah or whether Noah was in the ark for a whole year or only 40 days. What is important is how your belief has changed your attitude toward your fellow man or towards God. The Bible tells us about God and how men related to him. Everyone from Adam and Abraham to Isaac and Moses to Solomon and David, each had his own idea of God. But what we learn is that they knew God through personal experiences. Can we not get this idea? God is a personal God, not a God of war or a God of plenty, nor even a God of an individual leader. He is a God of all. God is in all things, and our heritage is in him. Just as we parents feel in respect to our children, God feels about his children, his people here in this world. God's purpose is that we make ourselves a channel through which his spirit may manifest. Some may say they do not wish to be used by God in that way. We see what happens in the world when people have forgotten that there is a higher purpose to life than self-indulgence. That purpose is to make their wills one with the Creator. We must prepare to be used as a channel that he may manifest through us. It isn't that we are to be bossed around by someone else, for there's nothing in the world that we can do for God. What we do, we do for the other fellow. For in so doing, we become one with the will of the Father. He has given us control of the physical world that we may use it for helping our fellow man. We may be the channel through which the other fellow, less fortunate than ourselves, may be aided in whatever is needed for him to gain a better conception of his relationship to his God. It would be well to remember the decision of the great Jewish leader who said, Others may do as they may, but for me and my house, we will worship the living God. We are confronted daily with problems that require just such a definite strength. We must stand strong with this quote. Let us remember, remember his promise and be strong. So the question that has come down to every age, comes down to every individual, what is your relationship to your God? It came to Enoch, to Noah, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Moses, to Joshua, to Saul, to David, to Solomon, and it comes just the same to you and to me today. What is our relationship to God? Remember that in serving him, we must serve our fellow man, that we must become a channel through which God may work his divine will here on earth. When the burdens become hard to bear and you feel yourself beginning to slip away from the path you know is right, draw nearer to your God and he will draw nearer to you. As a child comes and sits at the feet of its parents seeking guidance, asking their help, just so we must approach through prayer the God who is our Father and Creator. To know God, 
We must believe that he is. We must seek to find his face. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Now in coming to know him, is it not evident that as we consider and help our fellow man, so do we carry out God's work? Our relationship to our God then becomes our relationship to our brother. There is nothing that we can do for God, but there is much that he can do for his children, our brothers. As we go about in our daily work, let us remember to lend a helping hand wherever we may and know that in so doing, we are filling the will of the Creator and coming ever nearer to our God. How did anyone ever get the idea that there is to be a second coming. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am. There ye shall be also. The things we see developing in the various kingdoms in this earth are merely shadows of the celestial and terrestrial world, for we grow in grace and knowledge and understanding. By what means comes growth? By application of truth in our lives. The Essenes were consecrating and dedicating their lives, their inner selves, to make possible a meeting place for God and man with such a spiritual degree of consecration that Jesus the Christ may come into the world. Thus, there was a preparation where there might be the meeting place for God and man. And if we will have a meeting place in our heart, our home, our group, our church, then we too can have the Christ come to us. When we have prepared the place, he will come, and not before. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> it was um, that was pretty awesome, I think. Thank you. Well, you know, when we talk of when we talk about faith, it's a tough one because when you ask somebody, "Do you have faith?" And it's one of the first things that I believe is important in people's lives. And I don't know that most of the people I have asked actually could give me an explanation as to what faith was. Well, faith, you can't explain faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And so why is faith so important? Because you can't get to a higher consciousness unless you have faith. You have to believe it exists before you can attain it. And I have had people say, well, that's impossible. How can you believe that something exists first? I mean, that just sounds ludicrous to me. Well, I'm here to tell you that, that faith is the only way that you can make it into a higher consciousness. You have to believe that exists. Why? Because you will never 
see heaven from where you are. I don't care if you're here, if you're on the fifth plane of existence, or on, if you're on the 13th plane of existence. It doesn't matter. Faith, it will take to always get you to a consciousness above that. And trust me, there are more levels of consciousness than one could imagine. I mean, we're talking about a God that, that has created billions and billions and billions of universes with billions and billions of stars and billions and billions of systems. So, you know, when we think of it that way, we're really just like a little speck of dust on this little, this little ball that we call the blue, the blue nugget or the blue plane. And it became important because it was the test. There were spiritual beings who had become lost in the worlds of matter, 3D worlds. And they got stuck because they were attracted to that which they thought was mm, very good, something that would make them happy, something that was important enough to pull them away from God's path and onto their own. And when they did, they couldn't get back. And so they kept falling farther and farther and farther away until there was no way out because third-dimensional worlds are not given eternal life. They at some point, destructure, and then restructure back again to allow for an upgrade of evolution for animals and plants and trees and things like that. And, and so that happens. But it doesn't allow a soul that is trapped within that 3D you know, location to be able to ever get out. And so when the Christ came, the Christ came to very particular individuals. Some would say it was 144,000. I don't like using numbers because, you know, well, in the ancient times, zeros, you know, I mean, uh, 1,400 could mean 144,000. It could mean 14 million because, you know, it was a little difficult to, to you know, chisel out a zero. So they used what was called, the, I believe, the hexadecimal system. And you just knew that was 1,400. It couldn't have been 144,000. But it was said that 144,000 souls were chosen, and they were chosen by the Christ himself. And he went throughout the universe, and he picked individuals that had already completed certain masterships, and he needed each one so that they could complete the entire circle, complete the entire necessity of being able to save those spiritual beings that have become lost. And guess what? You were one that volunteered when you were asked by your creator to do so. Wow. I mean, if that doesn't touch your heart, I don't know what would. And so we came, and it, it speaks of it in the Bible as, you know, we moved across the sons of God, moved across the face of the waters and across the face of the deep, but doesn't get any darker than the deep. And God said, let there be light. And for the first time in a very long time, those beings remembered that God existed because of the light 
that you brought. And yes, did it cost you? Oh, absolutely, it cost you. Because, you know, you had to leave a portion of your light behind with the archangels, but, but as you came into this system, it was also a huge portion was taken from you so that the, the rulers of this place could use it for whatever purposes they wanted. And that had to be agreed upon. But it was limited in time. And so we had to, to walk the walk, you know, take the path and move up through. And we created in the, in the interim a new form of human, a baby that had not been created before in the way they were created here. And they held the DNA spirals that would allow for enough, enough light to be held. That someday, as we got closer, and our light was given back to us by the archons or by those rulers, that, you know, we would be able to ascend the planet. Well, you know, it's real easy to say 26,000 years ago that, oh, sure, we'll give it back. I mean, somebody offered you $10 million 26,000 years ago and said, now, in 26,000 years, I need you to give this back to me. Oh, absolutely. You know, can you hear? You, you can hear it. I mean, you can hear them saying it. And yet, were they trusted? Well, you know, God gives everybody a chance. But at the same time, God's not mocked. So... As you look back upon those experiences, you will find that you were chosen. But have you chosen him? It goes, has to go both ways. Not only are you chosen, but you have to choose to be chosen. I want you to think about that. For it was given, if you will be my people, I will be your God. Wow. I mean, it was that simple. And all we had to do was follow a set of laws that would keep us on the path. Why? Look at the spiritual beings that became lost only because something caught their attention. And I'm here to tell you right now that if you think it was something that could catch your attention then, you have no idea. I mean... You know, we can't even begin to realize how many attempts on a constant basis. I mean a constant basis. Now, some more than others at this point, but, but everybody is and will be, you know, influenced technologically-wise. And it's already 100% complete, pretty much there. And... Can you imagine that what's in your mind? Will you believe it to be yours? Will you believe it to be in your mind? It's in your mind, but will you believe that you could think that? I've said for years that most of the things people think, you know, they won't tell anybody because they think they'll be judged for it. Everybody, even over the years, has thought things that they couldn't believe that was in their mind. Well, you haven't seen anything yet. And I tell you what, I'm stepping out on a limb here by giving you this information, but I can't help it. You know, I just can't help it. I have to be able to tell you, it's going to take enormous amount of faith 
Jesus said, when I return, it'll be hard for me to find even one person that still has their faith intact. Wow. I mean, what could possibly happen that would do that? It's not about what religion you are. It's about those that walk with him and do not, cannot, will not force yourself on others. He never did. He would talk with anyone. It didn't matter what religion they were. It didn't matter if they were Jewish, if they were Samaritan. I mean, he talked with the woman at the wells, and she was Samaritan, and that was a no-no in those days. It didn't matter, you know, because we're following that path, and that means that there is nobody we shouldn't be able to talk to. And if they reject what we say, they have that right. And, but it doesn't mean that we have the right to not give them the opportunity to know what's true, what's not. If you were to take one minute, 60 seconds, and meditate. And by meditation, you know, your heartbeat and your breathing cannot be controlled by your body. It has to be controlled by your soul. And so the body has to believe that there is a higher power. Trust me, if it could control those two things, it probably would never give you the time of day that there was a higher being. When people commit suicide, they are trying to get back at that which they consider to be their God, the soul. If they're mad at the soul, the soul should have treated them better or done better. And yet, we have to be able to understand that the knowledge, the wisdom, it comes from within. But when you meditate, Take 60 seconds, close your eyes, and see what comes to mind. And when you do that, count it, count it out in 60 seconds or set it a little, a little time clock or whatever you got to do, and then stop, and then rethink what it was that kept popping up into your mind. Because whatever it was, that is what you worship above and beyond your creator. And those are the things that one must bring to balance. And it's really that simple. It really is that simple. And so, you know, we wonder about how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to do this? How am I going to pay the mortgage payment? You know what? We're coming into a time where that's not really going to even matter. You know, try to limit your debt, but, but do not forget those that are less off than you or less, have less than you. People who are in need, you know, people need a ride to the doctor, you know. I mean, whatever you got to do, put on a mask. I mean, there are technologies out there that can pretty much kill a virus in a New York second. Um, ozonation will, will absolutely do it but you just can't be in the same room with it when it's on. You have to, you know, turn it off and then come back 
or so a day later. So what? You spend $99 on a hotel room, you probably spend more than that on a dinner. So the idea here is how much are you doing for those that are less than you? You know, if you are making a lot of money, then you have to look at what percentage it is that you're giving. That's the percentage that you respect what God said through Christ. And it's not just Christ. It was all of the prophets and all of the, the down through the years, the centuries, you know, from whether it be the Persian or whether it be, you know, any of your great leaders, your, your, your wise, the wise ones. I mean, they all said the same. And you never saw them out working, you know, nine to five and then going home and being a spiritual teacher. I mean, they gave their whole life. And I know sometimes it's a hard thing to even reconcile, but you have to be able to reconcile that there may come a day when you may have to give it up. Our country is not well off, and they're trying to make you think it is. And they're going to put things in your mind that you can't stop them from putting there. You have to stop, and you have to think about it, ponder it. You know, even as Mary, on that top step, when Gabriel approached her and told her she was the chosen one, for days after that, she pondered his words. Now, if Gabriel were to appear to you, you know, would you take days to ponder? If you didn't, you should. Because pondering is one of those ways that the Holy Spirit can bring to you those answers that you will have no doubt. When you meditate or you pray, you will not get your answer right away. It usually takes, I'll say, up to three days sometimes for all of the movement that has to occur because a lot of things have to be moved sometimes when the things we desire or want or need, even need, you know, it it has to create a space. And so it's much easier if you get rid of something and you replace that space with what it is you're asking for. Oh, it makes it a whole lot easier. But in the process, it's about the pondering, and it's about staying on the path. The angels told me, don't look left, don't look right. And I didn't understand that at first, and so I pondered it. If you receive what it is you're asking about, During the daytime, you will receive your answer, typically in the evening. It's about left and right. It's about, you know, I mean, the both sides of the coin, and it's how it works. So if you ask about it in the evening and you seek it, it will come to you in the daytime. You can try it and see. You don't have to believe me, but, you know, I've been... When I hear something like that, trust me, I spend the time doing it, not just once. <laughs> I mean, you know, once isn't enough. I want, I want to know before I go out there and I tell it to you. It's so very important right now that we do not hesitate to 
to pray, and to keep our focus forward. Ask that the Holy Trinity, or if you believe in a different God, okay, but stay on the path, and you'll know if it's correct. You'll know if that path is correct. If it's not correct, it'll show itself very quickly. Ask God. There's only one God. You know, there may be a Holy Trinity, which is three in one, that, that is part of the whole. But ask God and follow your path and don't be, deviate from it because this new technology will throw at you from the left or the right what it is you want or what you could only desire for. It will be so great a desire. It was so great a desire that it sunk Atlantis. It was used then. And they couldn't see it. They believed themselves to be so capable, so good at what they did, so smart. And I'm not saying they weren't. I'm just saying that they got fooled. And you will find that it's too easy to be fooled. It's too easy, even by those you know, because if they allow this wave in and it changes their thought processes, you will find that what they say to you won't seem quite right. You'll look at it and you'll go, did you hear that? That I- I've never heard that person say that before. I mean, that was kind of odd. It was different, you know. Not that it was good or bad. I'm not telling you to judge it. I'm just telling you, if it doesn't fit, you must, what they say, if it doesn't fit, you must have quit. So, you know, I'm saying to you, be careful, because every person on this planet is susceptible to this waveform. And you all know it by what name it is, and I'm not going to say it, but it has the power to, I mean, if once it gets in your mind, if you allow it to stay, it, it can actually destroy the mind. Even with Alzheimer's and dementia, we're seeing more and more of it all the time. What is that? I mean, is that a disease? Is it a bacteria? Is it a virus? I can tell you this, that the angels told us at one time that the heart itself has more gray matter. And they said, and by the way, it shouldn't be gray. It should be pink. But they said the heart has more gray matter than the brain does. And they said, so what happens is the brain is one side and the heart is the other. And the heart should be the one that is controlling, is in control. And the brain helps it make decisions. But the heart should be in control. And if it's not, then the heart and the brain will fight each other and one will win. And if you see Alzheimer's, chances are, well, you know, the heart won because the, it will shut the brain down if it's going to continue to keep you away from God. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever it is is keeping you away from God. Whatever it is is keeping you away from the path you agreed to when you came into this planet. It will be taken away one way or the other. And it's better if it's not taken away. Do what you need to do. Get out there. You know, find somebody. As you walk the path, trust me, 
I don't think I have ever walked the path on any day that I would say a little prayer. If I can be of service to someone, anyone, you know, then let my path cross. And I tell you what, it may be at the checkout line. And it was, I guess it was just last week, I looked at this little girl, and, you know, she was kind of sad. And her mother was standing there, and I said, that's a very beautiful daughter you have. And I said, such beautiful red hair. And her mother said, oh, my golly. She goes, I can't believe you. I can't believe you just walked up here and said that. And I said, why? She goes, she has been struggling with the fact that her hair is red. I said, she has blue eyes, too, doesn't she? She goes, yes. She goes, but she thinks that that is almost a curse. I said, do you believe that it's 2% of 2% of the entire population? And red hair and green eyes is 1% of 1% of the population. And she said, can you tell her that? And so I did tell the little girl that. And you could see it picked her right up. I said, you're not different because, you know, you're less than. I said, the people around you, if they're making fun of you, it's because they don't have red hair and blue eyes. Trust me. And someday it will pay off. Not yet. You're not quite old enough. She was probably about 15 or 16. And, you know, boys would whistle at her and stuff like that. I said, yeah, I know. I said, you know, I was a boy once too. Okay. I was a boy once too. And it's just, you know, men, we just haven't always got. But look, if you want to know more, give us a call, 304-567-3354 or Sandy's, with an S, angeltalk at AOL.com. And we'd be glad to discuss any piece of this with you, any piece at all. We really, we really do care. And we've been doing radio and television since 2000. Um, and we and, also, once again, want to thank all that contributed to our food drive. Oh, my God. And we are going to continue it bi-monthly for those people who really need a lot. Members of the board went with us. They couldn't believe how bad off some of the families were and how much of a difference it made in their lives. Yeah. And so if you want to be part of it, just let us know. We'd be, we'd be grateful to have your contributions. Absolutely. God bless to every one of you. Mm -hmm. And thank you for listening to the show. Absolutely. God bless.